Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083. Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. This is a time for shaking and awakening for Christians. God is calling forth his remnant. This is no time for the church to remain silent. This is Mark Taylor, and welcome to Crosspoint today. We're going to see what it's like for the church to be called out from the world. Now, my guest today is Todd Coconado. He's a minister and a national evangelist. Todd is the president of the Religious Liberties Coalition. Well, folks, there's no doubt that we are here for a purpose. And today, my guest here on Crosspoint is Todd Coconado. And um, Todd, you have put out a book called Come Out From Among Them. And... Uh, now, what you say right up top of the book is, why were you made for such a time as this? Why were yes. people made? Why, why did God choose you and me and others to be here at this time, this period in history? Well, that's a, a great question that I might not have the full answer for why, but I know that he has. Um, because, you know, clearly he doesn't make mistakes. And so if he brought us in the world in this hour, it's for a reason. And I believe that he's given us the... Uh, all, all that we need, the tools, according to the Word of God, to not only live in a victorious way, but to take back the territory for the kingdom of God. You know, there's so much wickedness, and many people are overwhelmed as they look at the world right now, and they see all the things that are going on out there, and so many people want to just uh, retract, you know, and they, they think, oh my gosh, it's so late, you know, I'm just going to wait for the rapture. And I understand that, because, uh, you know, you see things, I mean, I was just looking at a report where they have drag queens uh, leading services and churches in, in some places. I mean, it's, the wickedness is so beyond even what many people can even comprehend. So, you know, it's understandable that people feel that way. But I really believe that God wants us to take a stand and to come out from among this system, this Babylon system, and to be set apart and, and to take a stand for righteousness in accordance to the Word of God. And as we do that, I believe His Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us divine strategy and revelation uh, on how we can do that. And, you know, we have every tool that we need in the, the Word of God. You know, God has, has laid it out. He says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. He says we have authority to pull down uh, the strongholds. He says that uh, we can trample on the scorpions and devils. And so this is what I believe He wants us to do. And uh, we can't be afraid because He's with us even until the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And so I think the main thing is that we just trust Him and we spend time in His Word, and we spend time in prayer, and every day we got to die to our flesh. But uh, He is going to be with us, and He's going to give us strategy. And many people are moving in accordance to His Spirit right now. And, I mean, I've seen parents go to school board meetings and empowered by the Spirit of God speaking truth. Uh, you know, I call them mama bears and papa bears, but, you know, people that are the least likely that are being risen up in this hour to take a stand. Now, you say in the book and the preference of the book, I believe God has already placed a blueprint in the hearts of those that are willing to be like the prophet Isaiah and say the words, send me, I will go. And then the first step you say, though, is our willingness to show up. Uh, how do you get people to show up? 
Well, it's hard because uh, a lot of times we're in our head. And, you know, if you listen to the media, the news, you're going to hear a lot of bad news. And a lot of people live in that place. You know, I know my father, for instance, he's a believer, but he listens to the news all the time and he gets really discouraged. And, you know, we have to tell that, turn that off. I call them the modern day prophets of Baal, the mainstream news. So we've got to remember who we are and what we're able to do in Jesus Christ. And that, I think, is the most important thing. And so, uh, you know, we got to show up, meaning, you know, Isaiah, you mentioned Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, you know, he, he said, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. He was in the presence of God, and in his experience, he was undone. The Scripture says he was undone. And, and that's what happens when you're in the presence of God. You're undone, because God is so holy and it's a fixed fight. I mean, we serve the God of heaven and earth for a believer in Jesus Christ. Satan is a fallen archangel. He's not equivalent to God. So we're on the winning team. But uh, Isaiah, when he had that experience, the only thing that he could say is, send me. And I really believe that as we seek the Lord and we get in his presence and we have that true encounter with him and his Holy Spirit, that that's the same thing that we're going to say, because we're undone in the presence of God and we say, Lord, send me, and we show up. And when we show up, God is going to use us, because he uses ordinary people for extraordinary things. What he's looking for is for us to say yes. And when we say yes, he empowers us, and that's when he gives us the strategy, he opens doors, he, he guides our path, and that's what he's done in my own life. So I, I know it to be true. I've seen it many, many times. He doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. That's correct. I agree with that completely. Now, in the first chapter, it's called The Rising Remnant and Where We Came From. Uh, Right there on page two, you say, from wars and rumors of war raging around the globe, the cycle of civil unrest playing out in many countries to wicked and godless leaders uh, running much of the world. There is an urgency in the hearts of those who have ears to hear and eyes to see all that is taking place. Now, you say, I believe God has called many of us to be watchmen on the wall and to sound the alarm as the voices in the wilderness. So what are you trying to tell us here? Do we need to be ones that are becoming more vocal in society? I think we do need to. You know, for many years, I could think at least over the last 30 years, we've had a what they call a seeker-friendly culture in the church and in a lot of what I call mainstream Christianity. And while, you know, it's good to have an environment where seekers can come and feel at home, we can't compromise the message of the Bible. We can't compromise the message. We can't water it down. And so I really believe it's important that we speak the entirety of the Word. Uh, we stand for it. And that's what's going to empower us, because the Word is the sword of the Spirit. It's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. And so this is very, very important for us to understand. And as we advance in the kingdom, the Lord opens the doors, as I mentioned, but He also, He'll take down the Goliath. Think of King David, you know, I mean, he, he went with what, the stone, one smooth stone knocked out Goliath. It, it, was a, it was a battle that looked like David would surely have lost, but because he was doing the work of the Lord, and he had the God of heaven and earth on his side, he was able to accomplish that, and then he became king. He was the least likely, though. Again, he was he was the shepherd boy that was in the back, and God raised him up. And, and you know, throughout his life, and he fought a lion and a bear, and then he took down Goliath. And then what ended up happening, he ended up becoming the king, and a victorious king. And even though he made mistakes, God called him a man after his heart because he sought the heart of God, and he was a good repenter. And so this is what I believe God wants of us. He wants us to be a people that seek his heart, seek his face, know his word, use his word, and speak the truth, and if we do that, people that have ears to hear and eyes to see, they're going to wake up, because the truth sets the captive free. 
So we have to speak the entirety of the Word of God in this hour. And so I believe he's coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. He's coming back for an empowered church, the Philadelphian church, not the Laodicean church. You know, the Scripture says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You know, we can't be compromised, but as we stand and for truth and righteousness and speak the entirety of the Word of God, we take back the territory. Now, you talk about this a little bit, and I agree with this completely. A major issue we are facing in the body of Christ is that few people want to confront sin these days. We also see a lot of things swept under the rug, and this has done tremendous damage. That is so true. Uh, How do you get people to take on the, the sin that is in this world and speak up, uh, you know, somebody has to. And when you do, you're going to pay the price for doing it. Right. But what is, it. what's wrong with paying the price? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just nailed it, my friend. That, that's exactly spot on. See, a lot of people worry about likes and followers. I hate to say it, but money. Uh, you know, they don't want to have people be mad at them or, you know, they're worried about what I call the approval of man syndrome. Uh, But what I've learned, I mean, look at during the pandemic, uh, you know, the pastors that stood and started pushing back against some of the wicked things that were happening, including the fact that they were trying to close down the church for elongated periods of time. You know, those pastors saw tremendous growth. But at the time, they didn't know what was going to happen. But they knew that the Scripture said, don't forsake the assembly together, the brethren. They knew the Scripture said, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. What we've seen now in hindsight is that the folks, the people— that are watching this, they, they want to have a general. They, they said, look, if, if my pastor is willing to cave and capitulate during this time, you know, what's going to happen when it gets tougher? Uh, those that stood took a risk, but they had to please God in what they did. And they are now seeing extreme growth, and the Lord has raised up many of those people in this hour. So I, I think we can't worry about uh, the approval of man. We've got to make sure we're doing what's pleasing the Lord. And you know, it can't be about likes, followers, money. Uh, you know, we're going to have to stand before the throne one day, especially if you're a leader, and leaders are held to a higher standard. And so uh, I I faced a really big challenge uh, a while back. The Lord said something to me. He said, uh, do you believe what you preach? And I said, well, of course, Lord. He said, no, no, do you believe what you preach? Because you're preaching, you know, the Scripture says that, that people are going to be healed. They're going to be set free. They're going to be delivered. Do you believe when you say up there, that, you know, somebody can be healed of cancer. Do you believe that, or are you just saying it? And I said, well, I believe it. But, you know, I had to really think about this, because it's a pretty big statement. He said, if you don't believe this, you got to get out the ministry. And I said, wow, I mean, that's a, woo, okay. You know, but I had to come to the terms, yes, I do believe this. I believe what the Scripture says. I believe the Word of God to be true, and I'm going to stand by it, and I wholeheartedly believe it. And I believe that was a defining moment in, in my, you know, the ministry the Lord has given me. Uh, and I think we all have to come to that terms. Do we believe what we preach? Uh, are we willing to stand no matter the cost? You know, is it, is it, are we willing to, to do what it takes even when it's difficult because it's what God's telling us to do? And this is what I believe God is, is asking of His body, of the, of the Church, is that we're not going to be worried about man. We're not going to be worried about the popular opinion. There's a cancel culture right now. And there's even organizations in our country that are deeming aspects of biblical Christianity as hate speech. I mean, it couldn't be farther from the truth. God's love is the most purest form of love. But this is the hour that we're in. They're calling good evil and evil good. So I believe he's, he's raising up a warrior class of believer that are the Davids and the Ruths and the Esthers of this hour 
that are going to take a righteous stand. And it's not about follows, likes, approval of man. It's about doing what's right before the Lord. Now, speaking of believe, you say in in the book here, I believe in prophecy, and I think there's real prophets. I'm friend with many prophets, but my advice is to test the spirits, make sure that what is being said bears witness in your heart and aligns with the Word of God. This is the key. Make sure you don't make an idol out of any person. Boy, they do that a lot today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, with the Internet, you know, somebody can amass millions of followers, and they could be really talented, but there may not be an anointing there. See, there's a difference between talent and anointing, and we have to be able to discern that. I really believe discernment is one of the most important things right now that we need to pray for as, as a Christian community, because the Bible says in the end times, even the elect will be deceived. And I think the hour is very late. I think there's going to be more of this. The key is faith comes from hearing, hearing the Word of God. So you're not going to go wrong if, you, if you're a lover of the Word, if you get into the Word, if you have an active prayer life, if you learn to hear from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. We've got to be in tune with this, the Holy Spirit. We've got to know what the Scripture says. And this is going to be our, our weapon against deception. But, uh, you know, even when you do, maybe for a, a season or you know, a short period of time, you may be deceived by something that sounds good. I call it a really good counterfeit. You know, I think about, like, uh, I used to go to New York City, and they would have uh, these fake Rolex watches. And some of them, you could just tell, they were totally fake. But other ones were so good that even the jewelers had to really look at them and say, oh, you know what, that's actually not real. But for a minute, they were fooled. This is what I think is going on right now. I think there's some really good counterfeits out there. And unfortunately, sometimes people get duped into it. But the thing, the key is, is that when the, when the Spirit of God gives us revelation— and when we see it, that we, we're, we're able to course correct. We've got to be teachable. You know, some of these people are fleecing the saints on purpose. Some of them are, are wolves in sheep's clothing. Others may just have some areas where they're just getting it wrong and they're off, and they're redeemable. So what those folks need to do is if they truly love the Lord and they're just off, they need to learn how to course correct and, and to make it right and to repent, you know, before the Lord and say, you know what, I missed it, but I love you, Lord, and I want to get on track. And God is such a merciful God. He allows that for all of us, I and mean, we've, we've all made mistakes at times. So the key is, are they a wolf? Or are, they, are they purposely lying, or did they just get it wrong? But what we have to be able to do is discern these things so that we don't get caught up in it. And, you know, uh, we don't need a guru, you know. We don't need somebody to hear from God for us. That gets into, like, being more like a medium or a psychic, and we need to avoid that. So I absolutely believe in prophecy. Uh, many people have given me very on prophetic words over the years. I have friends that operate in the prophetic. I operate in the prophetic. But I think there is an area where we have to be very wise in this and navigating it, and we need to apply the things that I was just mentioning. Now, Todd, you've written a book here, Come Out From Among Us. You're also the president of Religious Liberties Coalition. You do a lot of things, actually. Uh, tell people about your ministry, about this book, and how they can find out more about it. Sure. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, you can go to PastorToddBook.com, PastorToddBook.com. And if you go to that website, I'll actually send you an autographed copy of the book, uh, you know, where I usually uh, put a scripture in there or something like that as well. Uh, but you can also find it on uh, Amazon and all the other, you know, Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's from Charisma. And, you know, just appreciate it. Look, here's the thing. I didn't, I'm not one of these people who writes a bunch of books because I really want people to read the book to get into the scripture. Um, the reason why I wrote this book is because I believe the Lord has given me a message and a blueprint of how we can, in fact, come out from among them 
and be set apart in this very critical hour in time. And so, yes, we have the Religious Liberty Coalition, and that is a coalition that stands for Religious Liberty and Freedom, and I can talk a little bit more about that uh, later on in the show. But uh, we, we have to circle the wagons around Christian business owners and ministries because some folks are coming under attack for standing for the Bible, and we got to make sure that we don't let that happen, especially in America. That's right. Well, folks, stay with it. We're going to have more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, and today I'm talking with Todd Coconado. And uh, Todd, you've written a book, Come Out From Among Them. Uh, this book, I'm just looking inside right now, says, God is using our current situation to purify His bride and get us planted on a firm foundation. Now, as we went out of the last segment, we were talking about how that different things are being under attack. And we just seen in the month of June of this year, uh, Pride Month, and it was really yep. pushed hard. And we did see corporations, even some we respected that thought wouldn't, cave into this stuff and, and give them money and, and help them promote it. Uh, again, uh, we're right back in there. God is using this situation to really purify his bride. Is that what you believe? I do believe that for those that have a true heart for the Lord, uh, you know, if you're listening and you've been standing, especially in the last couple of years, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Your family members have come against you. Uh, people have backstabbed you. They've accused you of different things just for standing for righteousness. And so I believe there's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist in the, in the land. It just shows us the hour is getting late. I think we're in the birth pangs. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, any moment the Lord could come and rapture church out of here, or, or maybe not. I don't know. There's different thoughts on that. But regardless, uh, no one knows the day nor the hour. But what we do know is we can discern the times. I call it the Issachar anointing of understanding and discerning the times. And you mentioned earlier being a watchman. You know, when you see these corporations, they call them woke corporations, but pushing an agenda. Only 20, 25 years ago, when I entered the workforce, maybe 30 years ago or so, you know, the world was such a different place. Uh, you know, companies were more concerned about your background and if you had a felony or, you know, what kind of education you had, your experience level. Now it's so different. They have these diversity officers and you got to hire a certain amount of people. It's opposite of what Martin Luther King Jr. said to judge people by the, you know, the content of their character and not the color of their skin. So we're, we're in a very troubling time when it comes to these things. I'm, I'm encouraged to see that Christians are pushing back. Uh, you mentioned even in, the, in this last month of June, you know, this is the first time that I've seen it to this level where some of these corporations' bottom lines were hurt in the tune of billions of dollars. And the only thing I would say is this, is that Christians tend to have a short memory span, and oftentimes, you know, we'll do it for maybe a couple weeks, and then we'll go right back to shopping there. We've got to stick to it. We've got to make an example. Look, we're not asking these corporations to be, you know, pushing Christianity. I mean, I'd love that if they do, and some of them do, and that's great. But we just want them to be neutral. We just want them to not be uh, activists and forcing and pushing a very demonic and evil agenda, because that's what it is, on us, our children. Uh, we're seeing it in the schools and curriculums. Uh, we're seeing it everywhere. And, and, you know, there's 210 million people in the United States of America that claim to be Christian or Catholic or Protestant. 
to have the values of, of the Christian, you know, of the, of the Word of God. 210 million, if you think about that. Now, obviously, we know that not all those people are serving the Lord. I think Barna says it's around 10% that actually are in accordance to the Bible. But regardless, cultural Christianity, 210 million. There's 332 million or so people now. There's probably a lot more with a lot of the people that are coming into the country. But, you know, 332 million people in America. So that's 63% or more of Americans that are at least in, in alignment in some capacity to, to J.O. Christian values. I say Christian values. So why is it then that these corporations feel they need to cowtail to 3% of a very, very activist, far-left group, um, which I believe are pushing a demonic agenda? We, we should stand up, but the problem is we've been a silent majority for too long. And I don't think we can ever be a silent majority again. I think that we have to go... And, and speak to our representatives. We got to vote our values. We got to go to the community meetings. We have to be a people of action. Otherwise, they're going to continue to push this farther and farther. And uh, the world is watching. The world is watching the United States of America. What, are, what is the church going to do? In this very pivotal moment in history, everybody is watching. And the thing is, when they take away and they erode religious liberty and freedom, those uh, values and, and, and laws and, and th- those things don't just come back easy. Usually it takes a war to win those back, and they're eroding them fast, especially in the current administration. So it's a spiritual battle. Even though some of the things are playing out in the political arena, it's a spiritual battle, and that's what I try to uh, you know explain in the book. Now, you say that it's time for action for Christians to live a set-apart life and take back the culture. So you're saying the spotlight's now on the church and what it's going to do? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's the whole thing. What are we going to do? Are we going to continue as business as usual? You know, I sat down with a pastor of a large church not long ago uh, as the president of Religious Liberty Coalition, and I was going there really just to see if he would, you know, support the work that we're doing in different ways, capacity. He had a, you know, over 10,000-member church. And I was really shocked at his perspective. In fact, when I left the meeting, I called my wife because I was just blown away. He didn't have any urgency, and uh, he didn't feel there was any major concerns with the current administration. He didn't really have a big, you know, concern about China and their rise. You, didn't have a, you know, it was like we were living in two different worlds. And it really kind of showed me that there's some people that you would think that it's like the 90s, you know. It's like they don't have the urgency. And that's very concerning because uh, if we don't do something now, it's going to just get worse and worse. And people wonder, uh, you know, why are these things happening? Why are the kids, uh, the suicide rates are going up, like, substantially, the the gender confusion is, I mean, from a statistical standpoint, has jumped into d- double digits in the last couple of years. You know, when you look at the stats and you understand uh, what's going on, there should be an urgency. And I think that that's why the spotlight is on the church. What are we going to do? Because ultimately, we have the spiritual authority if we operate in what the Scripture says to do with the weapons of our warfare. But are we going to get on our faces? Are we going to open the churches up? And, and have nights of prayer where we pray for our country, we intercede for our country. Are we going to fast? Are we going to teach our children the ways of God? Are we going to stand for righteousness? We must do these things. If we don't do these things, we're going to go into a very dark period of time until the Lord comes. They're, they're developing a digital currency system right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forty-three countries around the world are very active and already doing this some more. Uh, the BRICS nations are coming together. They're trying to usurp the dollar dominance. There's a lot of real things. You know, uh, AI is, is quickly being developed uh, to, to the point where even some of the people in the tech world are saying, we're summoning the demons. Uh, Elon Musk said, we're summoning the demons. There's things that are happening very fast, and I believe that the B system is already being constructed right now, 
And, uh, you know, there has to be an urgency. We, we've got to understand where we are in the timeline. But the good news is we're on the winning team. We've just got to stand up and, and stand for righteousness and stand for the Word of God. Well, I know that you mentioned here in the book that the push for the one world government has dramatically accelerated over the last few years. Talk about how many of the critical pieces have come together. You mentioned the central bank digital currency, and you talk about how the hour is late and the enemy is in full swing. COVID-19 had a lot to do with this, didn't it? Oh, it certainly did. Uh, You know, one of the things that I like to do is listen to the speeches of uh, some of these uh, quote-unquote leaders, you know, from the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, uh, you know, uh, Bill Gates, uh, even Barack Obama. You know, what are they saying? What are they talking about? And what's so amazing to me is they don't even hide it. It's it's very much in our face. It's right on their websites. If you listen to their speeches, they'll tell you exactly where they're trying to go. And uh, I think it was Klaus Schwab, in fact, yeah, it was him that said that we have a unique opportunity because of COVID-19 to push for a new world order, a new, a new currency, a new uh, whole system. You know, and we've been in the Brenton Woods system of economics uh, you know, that happened during the World War II period of time where the U.S. dollar has been the global reserve for our whole lifetime. And uh, even when Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard and they developed the petrodollar system, we still have had dominance throughout the world in most countries trading in the dollar. These things are now, there's major cracks in the ceiling. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia is now making deals with China. There's a lot of unilateral trade deals that are going on around the world. The cracks in the system of the current world order are very substantial. And I think that before 2030, we're going to see a major shift in the way uh, transactions, it could be much sooner than that, uh, are done. And, uh, you know, if you look at China, they have a social credit score system. And uh, they're kind of implementing that here in the Western world, the United States, through a lot of the social media companies and the bank system. So they're going around the government, and they're doing it through the corporations. And so, uh, you know, there may be a time, if they can initiate a digital currency, and, I, and right now they're on track to do so, uh, they could limit our ability to buy and sell. And to me, Mark, that sounds a lot like the B system. You know, it may not be exactly the B system, but it certainly is the infrastructure and the beginning of it. And we already see censorship of people that are speaking truth on social media, on websites, on the Internet. That's only going to increase as well. Yeah, and I agree with you completely on that. Now, chapter three of the book, The Plan of the Elite, you say one reason Christians are called to come out of the Babylonian system is because we are the ones who have the authority to stop it. Our prayers are a powerful weapon, and the Bible clearly tells us that we have the authority to pull down strongholds in Jesus' name. So why aren't more of these people doing it? (laughs) That's a great question, right? Why aren't they? I don't know. Uh, You know, I've actually thought and contemplated this, uh, this question quite a bit. You know, why aren't more people doing it? I think some people are fearful. I think some people just don't know. Um, there's a lot of different reasons, but whatever the reason is, what I would say is inquire of the Holy Spirit. If you have an active prayer, what I find is that people have had an encounter with God that, that really are seeking His face, that are in His Word, that know what the Scripture says, they have the urgency. Like yourself, for instance, Mark. I mean, I'm real, you know, we've never really talked, but I, I can tell in the Spirit that you get it, you know, that you understand and, and so that's what happens. I'll be on an airplane, and I'll be sitting next to a complete stranger, but God will strategically, you know, set me there, and it'll be a divine appointment, and we'll be reading each other's mail, and, and they'll be saying things, and I'll be saying things, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's what the Lord said to me. So I really believe if, if we seek 
the Lord, we're going to find him. You know, the Bible says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. If we inquire of the Holy Spirit, he's going to show us these things. And maybe not exactly everybody the same. Some people have different callings, obviously. But but the gist of it will be that, yes, there's an urgency. Yes, we need to do something. Send me, Lord. What can I do? And we wake up every day, and instead of saying, Lord, what can you do for me? We say, what can I do for you? What can I be about your business? What can I do today to be about your business? And God will strategically set up those divine appointments. So he'll, you know, take us from glory to glory. I mean, what we, my wife and I have seen over the last couple of years is nothing short of miraculous. The Lord has opened doors that only he could open. He's put us before leaders and governors and congresspeople and senators and even a president. It's unbelievable. Only God could have done that. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. And so we, we have to guard the anointing. And, and in order to do that, we've got to live a consecrated way, and we've got to come out from among them. Well, there's more to this than just the book, even though coming out from among them is what we're talking about today. So tell us about your ministry and tell us about this book, how people can get a copy of this book if they'd like to have that or anything else that you've done. Thank you, Mark. Well, you know, I just give all credit to the Lord. I, I always say this is His ministry. I'm just kind of showing up and saying yes. And uh, But, you know, I'm humbled uh, that God has allowed me to speak these things on programs like yours. And uh, I just have a real heart for folks. I have a real heart for the people in the body of Christ. And I want to see as many people saved and set free and healed and delivered as possible. And so you can find the book. It's on PastorToddBook.com, PastorToddBook.com. My website is PastorTodd.org. And that's kind of like a central hub. And if you go to PastorTodd.org, you can see all the different things that we're up to. Again, you know, when I'm looking all this over, you're urging believers to step out and step up in the midst of whatever position they have. Because if they have a position, God's given them that position, and they need to be using it for Him, correct? Amen to that. Absolutely. All right. Well, folks, we got a lot more here when we come back. So stay with us. And we'll be back with more right after this. At just the right time. It just fits into what is happening in your life that day. Just when you need it most. Thanks for making us a part of your day. 91.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosspoint. Talking today with Todd Coconado. And uh, Todd, come out from among them. That's what we're talking about. Why were we made for such a time as this? You say here in the book, in the great reprieve, God will respond to the prayers of the righteous. But first, we must repent and be sincere in fulfilling our ministry or mission to the body of Christ. There is an attack of division and fear striking our nation right now. Why is there such an attack? Well, anytime there's fear, we know it's not of God, because God says, what place does fear have with love? Perfect love casts out fear. He also says, we, you know, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So... If we see fear, if we fear, fear, I mean, if we fear, if, we, if, we're, if we're being, uh, you know, tempted by fear or whatever you want to call it, we know it's not of God. But yet, what has the enemy's strategy been in the COVID era? And even before the COVID era, but even right now, uh, you know, there's wars and rumors of wars that are happening right now. But I believe the end is not yet. There's one more round. And why? Why is God allowing us to be here a little bit longer? I believe it's for the great harvest of souls. And so if we make it about souls, which is the Great Commission, to go and to make disciples of the nations, not only are we not going to have fear, but we're going to be doing the main thing, what God tells us to do. He says, be lovers of His Word, you know, uh, walk in a righteous manner. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. 
And then he says, go, go and make disciples of the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If we do this, not only do we have the anointing of God, we have the favor of God, and we're in, in the perfect will of God. And we're not going to fear. We can't fear man. We can't fear the approval of man. We can't fear the lies of the prophets of Baal this hour that are telling us all these wicked, evil things are going to happen. We've got to believe that God takes care of the birds of the air. He takes care of the fish of the sea. How much more will we take care of you and I? And we are His. And if we're in alignment with Him and His Word and His will, He's with us. And that's what we need to know. So any, if anybody that's listening to this broadcast today is dealing with fear, what I would recommend, and what the Bible recommends, is to cast down that spirit of fear, to, to rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and to say, God, you've not given me this spirit of fear. I know this is not of you. And in Jesus' name, I rebuke it right now. And then walk in the authority and the confidence, knowing that you are a child of the Most High God. And I appreciate in the book how you challenge the churches, uh, pastors that read this book, or Christian leaders, you know, to step up and, and, and be what you're called to be. Uh, you, you talk about in uh, back to the basics and restoring the foundations. You say all Christians need to understand the importance of religious freedom and the need to keep the government out of the church's business. Of course, you mentioned that that happened during COVID-19, but churches in many places were forced to shut out for a period of time. And you say this can never be allowed to happen again as it goes against our First Amendment rights. But doesn't it not go also against the rights of what God's told us to do? Absolutely. You know, the founders of this nation and, and those who wrote the Constitution, which is an amazing document, it was in line with Scripture because they were believers. They openly spoke about their faith. They prayed openly. It wasn't some, uh, you know, crazy thing like they try to portray it now. Uh, when you think about the separation of church and state, which has been really pushed on us, I'm not saying we have to have a theocracy. We don't want a theocracy. But what I'm saying is that you know, when, when uh, Jefferson wrote that letter it was to the Danbury Baptist, and what he was saying was that the government was going to stay out of the church's business. Not that the church needed to stay out of the government's business. Uh, the Scripture is very clear. We've got to occupy until he comes. And in order to occupy, that means to go into all segments of society. And uh, we can't be afraid to go into the educational institutions. We can't be afraid to speak to the political arena. It's, it's not a political thing. It's a spiritual matter. And the battle that's playing out is a battle of light versus darkness. And so uh, this is what Christians have to understand. I know they're trying to use weaponized terms like Christian nationalists or different things like that to try to scare folks. Very similar to what they've done with conspiracy theorists and other weaponized terms. What they want you to do is not to, uh, you know, question anything. You know, this is the truth. This is it. you got to believe what we say. No, we don't. we got to believe what the Scriptures say. And, you know, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people... We're writing me about Romans 13, and I agree with Romans 13. We don't want to be anarchists. we got to definitely uh, you know, stand with the laws of the land. We don't want to be criminals. But if, if a government becomes tyrannical, and they tell you to do something against the Scripture, that's when we as, as believers have to stand like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and not bow down to the idols of this world and not bow down to tyranny. So... Uh, there was a guy in Nazi Germany named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he took a stand against the Nazi government. And at the time, it was very taboo, and I wish more pastors would have stood with him. But now a lot of people are talking about him again, because this was a man that was willing to stand. And we often ask ourselves, how did that happen? How did that happen that so many people were killed during that era and so few people did anything? Well, history tends to repeat itself. The Scripture says nothing is uh, under the sun is new, you know, so... 
the problem is that we're seeing the very same things happen. Maybe a little bit different, but for the most part, it's the same spirit behind it. And there are pastors that are standing, but we need more. We need more people of God that are willing to take a stand for righteousness. And so I think we're at a very pivotal moment. We're at a crossroads moment in history. And this is an hour of decision. And what we do now is going to affect the future. It's going to affect our children. And unless the Lord comes back, we're going to have to live through the consequences of that. So the key is that we learn from history. You know, there's a saying that I say, a smart man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from others' mistakes. We've got to look at history. We've got to understand what's happening right now. And we've got to take a righteous stand. Now, our identity in Christ, you talk about that in the book. You said God's given us all the tools we need to be set up for the ultimate success here on earth. He also has given us the authority in Jesus' name to break every curse, lie, and false word that has been spoken off over us. We can go before the Lord and ask Him to heal our hearts and let us see the truth through wisdom and discernment. How do you get people to understand that that is really that easy to do? <laughs> well, it, you know, he says, come as a child. It, the Scripture, God is extremely consistent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His Word is the same. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. There's nothing new that God is saying in his Scripture, but if we, if we, we've got to embrace it. We've got to understand it. Now, you know, he does do a new thing. I'm not saying there's not fresh revelation, different things the Lord speaks to us, but his word, he is the same. And so the key is, is that as Christians, we have to, what is a Christian? A Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ and his teaching and his word. And so we can't be, I call them crinos, Christians in name only. We can't be Christians in name only. If we really are seeking God, we're going to find him. And his word is the truth. It's the ultimate truth. And so when you follow the Word, you're set up for success. I've never seen anybody in my entire life that's a lover of the Word and a doer of the Word that is not a successful person. I'm not saying they're all rich, but they're successful. They're happy. They've found true joy. That Jesus is the ultimate void filler. You're never going to be filled with the things of this world. I know that firsthand. I was a Hollywood actor for many years. I saw some of the most wealthy people, the most successful people, and yet they were miserable. And so Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to the Father. And when we embrace Him and we receive Him into our heart, we serve Him in His ways, we're going to be fulfilled, we're going to have joy, we're going to have a peace that passes understanding. And when we're in His will, it's the best-case scenario for our life. And that's what we have to understand. So many people are seeking, and they're trying different things, but Jesus is the only way. And, And I would just encourage you to understand that this is the reality of our world. This is the truth. And when, when you walk in that truth, you have the joy, you have the peace, and you're set up for success. Page 168 of the book says the end-time harvest of souls is a crucial component. The eschatology of the Bible of the end times, according to the Bible, the end times will be marked by several significant events, including the rapture of the church, the rise of the Antichrist, the seven-year tribulation, and the return of Christ. The end-time harvest of souls will occur at the end of this period. So are you saying that very likely we're living in this very period that you're talking about here, that uh, we're part of this at the end? Yeah. Great question, Mark. You know, I do believe we're we're getting close to the end. The Bible does say no one knows the day nor the hour, and there's doctrinal variances. Even when I went to Bible school and some of the greatest teachers that I've met over the years, you know, some people believe in pre-trip, some believe in mid-trip, some believe in post-trip. 
here's the thing. We're going to find out one day. And the thing is, we can't be escapists where we just sit and wait to be raptured out. We've got to be involved. Faith without works is dead. We've got to be a people of action. So rather than worrying about when the rapture is going to happen or if we're going to live through the tribulation, the bottom line is, if we're focused on souls, this is what's happening right now. In the midst of all the craziness, what we've seen here at the ministry and some of my friends' ministries is what we're seeing is a people are hungrier than ever. The lines have never been this long. Um, people are coming up with their drug sacks, and they're leaving them at the altar. Uh, we've seen people get healed of cancer. I know God is still in the miracle working business. So that's the focus. The focus is the end-time harvest, and it's increasing. I believe that we're, there's an undercurrent of revival that's happening right now, but it's going to increase. So it's almost like simultaneous things. The best of times and the worst of times at the same time. But when we focus on the harvest, that's what God's heart is. And I believe that's why we're still here. We're going to see an increase of this. And I believe prodigals and misfits and people that we never expected. But the church has to be ready for this because uh, they're coming and they're already coming. And we've got to have an open arms for them, welcome them in, and then disciple them and teach them the ways of God. Now, in your book, it's I'm reading again here, it says, time for us to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and operate oh, yeah. in the big faith needed to accomplish the mission. This generation will be the ones, you say. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I mean, uh, obviously, I don't know 100% on when God is coming back, like I said, but we can feel in our spirit as we see the rise in the spirit of Antichrist. I mean, it's just so obvious. when you look. I mean, if you go on a streaming platform, uh, if you look at the videos on her, it's it's so overt. It's so in our face. If you think about this year's Grammys, Sam Smith was in there, you know, wearing a devil suit. I mean, red cages and fire. They don't even hide it anymore. Shows like Lucifer. I mean, it's so in our face. The wickedness, I think it's even beyond what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, it's it's the Bible says it'll be like the days of Noah. Yeah. And what happened during the days of Noah? Well, God fled the earth, and he said he'd never do it again. But he said, as the, as the end of the age you know, comes upon us, we're going to see these same things. That's what we're seeing right now. As Christians, the good news is that we can be a brighter light than ever before. Because as the times get darker, God's children's light gets brighter, and we're the ecclesia. We're the representatives of Jesus Christ. And so hold on. Don't let discouragement grow in your heart. Uh, don't grow weary in doing good. God said these things were going to happen. And they are indeed happening. The Bible is true. It's coming to life before our eyes. And if anything, we should see that reality even more right now. In the part of the book you call the anointing, you say, as believers in Christ, we are called to fight the good fight of faith. We may face battles in our lives, but we can take comfort in knowing that God is with us and that he will help us overcome. You know, people would get that bigger vision of who God really is. Uh, it may help them deal with a lot of what's going on. I think that's exactly right. You know, there's a lot of people, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, where there, you know, there's been this seeker-friendly kind of watered-down message, and the damage that that's done is definitely in this area where people don't really know what's available. You know, they don't understand the anointing and, and walking in the fullness of what God has. And I'm not talking down to anybody. Listen, I've been in the same place. We're all in this together. What I'm saying, though, is that as we push in, we press in, and we seek God, and we seek His face, and we and we really get serious, because I don't think this is the time to be messing around. As we get serious about our faith, and we understand the fact that this is true, God gives us everything we need. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't done this, do it. 
Just press in. Get serious about your faith in this season. Watch what God does in your life. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There's warfare. Trust me, there's warfare. When you're flying over the target, you're going to get flack. But the deal is, is that you're on the mission for the Lord. You will not be overtaken. You will not be taken down. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The gates of hell shall not prevail. And I know that to be true. Even though the warfare is substantial, we win every time. So you're saying we're here for such a time as this. It's time for us to come out from among them and be who we are in Christ. And you say it would be the best of times for us, but also the worst, but all at the same time, correct? That's exactly what's happening right now. Uh, Those that are listening to this broadcast today, you know what I'm talking about. If you are walking out your calling, if you're speaking truth, these are things that are happening to you. But the good news is you're doing exactly what you're meant to do. And you know what? If you aren't dealing with any warfare, I'd have to say, you know, I'm a little bit concerned because not that I like warfare, but it's like, you know, why aren't you? You know, anybody that's standing is dealing with it. But in those things, he takes us from glory to glory. Every time the devil's had a plan, God had a better plan. And there's always a way out. And, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, you're not going to be overtaken. So the key is, is to get in alignment with what God has for our life, our calling, our purpose. And that's when we wake up in the morning and we say, you know what? I'm going to die to my flesh today. Holy Spirit, guide me. And Lord, let's go. And you go out there and, and, you, and you get as many people set free and you shine the light of Jesus Christ, which is the only answer for this world. And that's where we have our hope. And by the way, we're going to rule and reign with God for all eternity. Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We're just passing through. Paul said to live as Christ, to die as gain. So that, that's the good news. This is just a vapor. We're going to, we're going to rule and reign for all eternity. Okay, so if people want to know more about your ministry, maybe you will come and speak at their church or in the area. I don't know how you do those things. Or, you know, about this book. Tell people, uh, before we leave the program, how they can get a hold of you and what you do and how you can help them. Absolutely. Super easy. Just go to PastorTodd.org, and that's the central hub. And on there, it'll show you how you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. It shows where all of our social media is and all the different things that we're doing every day. And yes, we'd love to come out and speak, and uh, we'd love to connect with you. We're all in this together, and God is connecting His remnant. The remnant is rising, and praise God, uh, it's not over. It's not over. So I'm excited. I hope that I can meet you, PastorTodd.org. Well, Todd, thank you so much for being with us today here on Cross Point. We hope to talk to you again on another subject. Thank you, Mark. I so appreciate what you're doing, man, and uh, love the broadcast, and I hope that we can talk again soon. Folks, wasn't that a great interview we had today with Pastor Todd? Great interview. Everything he was talking about tells us the power of the Word that I have here in my other hand. I had this book come out from among them, but this Holy Bible, man, it is so powerful, God's Word, folks. It's never outdated. It never lacks its power. It's it's the book that will accurately direct your life all the way through eternity. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. So be sure to join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so the greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. 
you can hear Crosspoint four times a week. Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at KNEO.org. 